0: I wonder if you remember the good old days when uh, you could go on a plane and go on holiday. That was lovely, wasn't it? I used to love that. Me and Damalola, we love going on holiday, visiting all kinds of places. And uh, I remember the very first holiday we went on um, as a couple was uh, to Cuba. And this was our honeymoon. Um, and honestly, we loved it. I love Cuba. The culture, the the sun, it was it was. Wonderful, so 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 lovely. Um, I can remember after our honeymoon, we were coming back on the plane, and I don't do too well on overnight planes. I get a bit grouchy, I get a little bit miserable, um, and I can remember specifically this this is to never leave me. Um, we were on the way back from Cuba, and we got set up in our chairs. I was on one chair, Dami was on the the chair to my side. And uh, I'm the kind of guy that likes to use everything around me to make sure that I'm, I'm as comfortable as possible, you know? So so I got ready to sleep. I got the blanket up tucked right up to my chin. I got my, my eye patches on, you know, air, headphones in, you know, legs all cozy and everything like that. And then the cream of the crop, the thing that you have to do always when you're on a plane is hit that button and recline that seat back. Absolutely. I'm a big believer in reclining seats on airplanes. I know there's some haters out there, I know some of you guys are like, no, no, you can't recline on a plane, it's getting in my space. But I'm I'm there, I'm like, hey, it's it, the airlines make it be able to recline for a reason, so I'm gonna recline, you know. So so I do it, I recline, and I get ready to sleep. And literally, as soon as I do it, I realize that the guy behind me was not for reclining seats, actually, he was, he was an her. He didn't like it at all. And literally, I start to hear these comments being made, and it's like right in my ear. I start to feel like little kind of like taps on the back of my chair, and he's laughing and talking to the person next to him, complaining and moaning and everything like this. Um, and in fact, I actually realized at one point, I hadn't actually put my chair all the way back, and I realized I could go a little bit more. So I pushed it back, went a little bit more. And again, I started to hear this complainer And to be honest, I have to, I'm just going to be real with you guys there was, It just kind of got to a point where he made one last comment and I'd had enough. And, um, and I, 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 again, just being real with you guys, you know, I love you guys. I know you love me. So we're hopefully this is a safe place. It wasn't your friendly neighborhood. You've passed through at this point. <laughs> I, uh, I remember I whipped around so quick. I was on my knees and, uh, and I said to him, I said, like, what did I say? I said, um, I said, Hey, 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 if you want to talk, we could talk. I said, is everything all right. And I've got to be honest with you guys, the guy shut up so quick. He he literally, he was massive, actually. I didn't realize how big he was. <laughs> he was so big. Um, and he, he quietened so quick and just, just stopped and then just was like, oh, no, 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 it's fine. And I turned back around. And honestly, guys, you've got to believe me. When I did that, I did it with the the, the most honest intentions of my heart. I didn't actually mean to do that. I promise. I just meant to say, hey, I'm happy to kind of pull it back up if you need. I don't want to be an inconvenience, everything like that. But in that moment, whether it was the tiredness, whether it was my lack of sleep, I don't know what it was. But what came out of my mouth definitely was a lot harsher than I meant it to. And I came back and I sat there and my heart was pumping and Damalola was laughing at me to my side. And I just pretended to be asleep for the next hour while my heart was beating so fast. Um, and, And I don't know if you've ever had moments like that you know moments when you you something comes out a word comes out you you do something or even you say something but the tone of the voice wasn't it, it ended up cutting and you look back and you're like mm, I, I didn't really mean to do it like that i didn't i didn't mean to kind of say that in fact actually i think if i did that again i wouldn't want it to come across like that and slowly as that you know regret starts to starts to sink in starts to creep in we start to realize actually We haven't behaved quite as we should. And and the question that comes to my head in moments like that is, where did that come from? Maybe you've had moments like that. Moments when you act or you say something or the tone of the voice wasn't quite right. And you look back and you look and you think, where did that come from? Why did I end up reacting like that? I I didn't mean to react like that. You know, and it can be all kinds of things. It could be impatience, it could be be an action of, of, of lust, it could be anger that wells up inside, it could be any number of these things. And it's that question that really brings me to this passage that we're going to look at today um, on our series, looking at the Holy Spirit. Um, And so I'd just love for you to turn with me to Galatians chapter five, verses 16 to 26. If you've got a Bible with you, then take your Bible out, take a pen. I'm sure you you must have a pen at home. (laughs) And, uh, And as we read through this passage, I just want to encourage you, you know, underline stuff that sticks out to you. Make a note if something jumps out to you as the Spirit speaks to you as we read today. If you've got your phone and the YouVersion Bible app. You can make highlights and, and notes on there as well. You can share it with your friends. Um, we we, we want to learn and grow together. So it, 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 we're going to look at this together, all right? Because you see, I think today, um, I know that God has something to say to all of us, to me, to you, to, to every single one of us about the root of where these emotions, where these actions, these behaviors come from not in a psychology kind of sense. I'm not simply just wanting to explain, you know, why this happens, but actually I believe God can explain where this comes from, but not only that can tell us a way forward so that we can change a way forward so that our lives can, can face a better future so that we can have better days ahead when it comes to the words that come out of our mouth, the behavior that we display, the the thoughts and the actions um, of our lives. So, so read along with me and underline stuff as we go. This is Galatians chapter five. Paul says this, he says, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. But if you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. that be sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, and things like these. I warned you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so Paul in this letter to the Galatian church is contrasting two very different realities for us. There's on the one hand, the life that walks and chooses to walk by the flesh. And then on the other hand, the life that chooses to walk by the spirit. Now, the Bible often talks about the flesh in a number of different ways. And, and this is what Paul is meaning when he talks about the flesh. He's All he's talking about is these earthly bodies that we have that because of the fall have been tainted by sin. Their sin is is has made a change to our makeup, to our bodies while we're here. And we're always gonna be affected by that until we receive our heavenly bodies. It means that sin will always be crouching at the door while we're here on earth. And so he's saying if we choose to walk in this, that, then all of these things happen. And then by the Spirit, what he's talking about, he's, he's talking about God. He's talking about God, um, God our Father, God himself, who in his Holy Spirit now lives and works in every follower of Jesus. And so Paul is urging us in this passage. He's, he's encouraging us, urging us to walk in the Spirit, daily by the Spirit, to choose the Spirit's direction and to rely on the Spirit's power in everything that we do. And what he does is he goes and he shows us, gives us a picture of what that life that lives in the flesh might look like. And then he does the same thing for what a life lived in the power of the spirit might look like. He he paints these two almost character profiles for us in this passage. Now, one of the questions that I kind of have is, well, why these lists? Why does he go and start to, start to put these words in particular when he's describing these realities? And, and to be honest, when we look at the flesh, I think it's, it's a very easy answer to fill in. We, we simply need to look around and live for a short few moments in this world to realize that what life lived in the spirit looks like it just takes a minute to see in our society and see the, the self-centeredness that is so ingrained in our society and in the minds of, of the people of the world. The, the, the greed that is just prevalent and is, is so, especially in the UK, is, is massive. You know, the, the, um, the just lack of care for other people. You know, all of these things and more point to a life that is lived in the power of the flesh, including the things that he describes here. I'm sure even for yourself, if you look back at some of the hurtful things that have happened in your life, some of the self-centered things, I'm sure together we could come up with a, a list that was a book long of what it means to live a life according to the flesh. Um, and again, then if we flip that and we say, okay, well, what about the spirit? Why, why these words? Well, In short, I think what Paul does here and what he's doing is he's given us just a a short picture of really what it means to live like Jesus. I think that's what he's doing. Here we have a very short and unfinished description of Jesus's character. The spirit comes from Jesus. And so the spirit embodies the very same nature and likeness of God himself, the Holy Spirit. You know, we can simply go to the book of Ephesians, chapter three, verse 16, to, to see and understand this connection between the spirit and Jesus a little bit more. Um, and this is what it says in Ephesians three sixteen: You see, Paul's prayer is that God would leave us, that's me and you. Paul's prayer is that God would leave us strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. So because your spirit is inside you, and he understands that, and he says, you follow Jesus, the spirit lives inside you. I pray that you would be strengthened by that. And then he goes on. He says, so that, so the spirit is in you, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And so what is he saying here? He's saying that the spirit lives inside you so that Christ can live inside you, so that Christ, Jesus, can make his home in your heart and dwell with you richly. See, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of Jesus. It's the spirit of Jesus. And it's through the spirit living inside you that Jesus is able to be present in a very deep, in a very real sense in our hearts. And so this List this um, character that is being presented here when he says the fruit of the spirit is this, and then he paints this this picture is the character of Jesus. It's the character of Christ, and it's not limited just to these nine words. I think we'd we'd miss out really what the passage is saying if we focus on just these nine words. Saying what does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? It is simply a picture of the righteous, holy, loving. Jesus Christ, who came and died for us. That's who who it's it's painting out for us. And so the fruit, this behavior that, that, that Paul talks about, these actions are simply just an indicator of what's already inside. That's why he says the fruit of the spirit produces this thing. So if you see these things, that means that the spirit is inside. And if you see these things, that means that someone's choosing to live according to the flesh. That's what fruit does. It's an indicator of what's inside. In the same way, if I was to look at a flower, a tree, a a, a plant, a fruit tree, the way that I can tell what kind of a tree it is, is by looking at the fruit that's on the tree. I can see, oh, there's oranges on this tree. Therefore, that's it's obviously not a banana tree. (laughs) It's an orange tree because you look at the fruit and you can see that's why Jesus was, was able to say, you know, that by their fruit, you will know them. You see, we only ever produce what's already and first in our hearts. It makes me, think a little bit about this jar. I'm sure you're wondering what this jar is here. I'm sure if there were people in the building, I'd have to top this up after every service. But right now, it's just me and the cameraman that get to enjoy these. (laughs) Um, But you see, if I take this jar, you know, breaking, tipping, spilling this jar doesn't dictate what comes out of the jar. You following? It's not in the act of breaking or tipping or spilling it that that has any power over what comes out. No, what comes out of this this vase, what comes out of this glass jar is what was already first inside. Tipping and breaking the jar simply reveals what was already inside. Now, obviously you can see because it's glass, but humans are a little bit more complicated than that. You see, I think we're much the same way, in a lot of ways, we're very similar to this. And like I said, I think this is how Jesus was able to say that you will recognize my disciples by their fruit. You will recognize who people are and where their hearts are by the fruit that comes from their lives. Um, You see, because ultimately it's the fruit of someone's life that reveals what's inside. It reveals what they're storing in their heart. And so when life inevitably happens to us all when things don't go as planned, when we're stressed, when we're disappointed, when we're hurt, when our glasses are tipped and shaken and break a bit. These moments rattle us and shake us, but they don't have the power to dictate what comes out of your life. Nothing has the power to dictate what comes out of your life. No, instead, what you are hoping in, what you are trusting in, is inevitably what's going to come out in those moments. See, I think this is why the Bible speaks so often about the heart. It speaks loads about the heart. I wish I could tell you how many verses, but I don't know. (laughs) It's a lot. If anybody is super clever in the comments, I'm sure you could put it there. How many times the Bible mentions the heart? You know, in Proverbs, we're, 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 It's it's considered wisdom to guard your heart. Uh, You know, Jesus said himself that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. You see, the heart is crucial to everything because it's from the heart that everything else flows out of us. And so if you want to try and fix something on the outside, you've got to first make some changes to what's happening on the inside. And it's through the Spirit's work inside of you that you begin to change and you begin to look and have the, the same mindset as Jesus. It's through the Spirit's work. And so the question that I have, one question I have for you is, well, what are you, what are you filling your heart with? What are you trusting in? What do you hope in? What, what are the desires of your heart? If you don't know the answer to that, then as we can read in the Bible, a surefire way of finding out is to simply look at the fruit of your life. What does your fruit tell you where your heart is? What does it tell you? Because it will tell you the truth. And so Paul says that if we live by the spirit, if, we accept it, if we've accepted Jesus into our hearts, then we should then keep in step with the spirit. So he says in Galatians 5, Yes, I know there's, there's going to be wisdom, there's going to be difficult decisions, there's going to need to be boldness sometimes, and, and strategy, and tactics, and everything like that. Absolutely, to so sometimes break those old habits, of course. But before we plan anything, before you make a single list, before a thought comes into your mind about doing things to try and get over this old way of living, we've first got to start by looking at what's inside We first got to start by looking at the thing that people can't see from the outside, which is our hearts. You see, you have the power within you to see real and lasting change happen in your life. Nobody is doomed to stay the same. Nobody's doomed to stay in those old ways. You have the power within you through the spirit to make real and lasting change, you know? The Bible says, and I'm sure many of you know this, the Bible says that where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Let me say that again. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And that means that there is freedom, which means you are not a slave to those old ways anymore. You're not a slave to those old habits You're not a slave to anger anymore. You're not a slave to addictions. Now, you're not a slave to pride because the spirit of God has set you free from those things. And so as we talk about being open to the spirit over this series, uh, you know, keeping in step with the spirit. That means that really what we're doing is we're welcoming God into our lives. We're welcoming his spirit to fill us with power. It means that we're letting him set the direction for our life. It means that we're building a deep trust that he knows best for us. And that's a daily choice. It's a daily choice being continually filled with his spirit. Again, like he said, if we live by the spirit, we should keep in step with the spirit. We should keep in step, which means that we could fall out of step. So it's a daily choice That we all have. You see, I think at times, the church, and even in my own life, we've been guilty of treating the Holy Spirit a bit like an optional extra a little bit like um, you know, one of many apps that we can have on our phone. We've all got apps to help us keep productive and, and I've got my to-do list app, my mail app, my calendar and there's the Holy Spirit app, equal with all these other apps to help us make a change. Sometimes we treat the Holy Spirit like one tool among many tools, but that's, that is so far from the truth and such a distortion of what the Bible paints the Holy Spirit to be. No, you see, the Holy Spirit is the fullness of God. The Holy Spirit is the fullness of God, living and working in you daily. The Holy Spirit saves you. The Holy Spirit loves you. The Holy Spirit gives you everything you need in order to live a life that gives God maximum glory. In Titus 3 verse 5, it says this. Um, Again, I'd love you to turn to it for me. I feel like it helps us to, again, understand how important the spirit is in the life of a Christian. It says this, that he who is God, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy. So what he's saying is that God saved you, not because of anything you've done. Not because of anything you've built up in your own life, but because he is merciful. Because he is good, he saved you. And then it goes on and it tells you how he saved you. It says he did this by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. Washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. Now, just to explain what some of these words mean, by regeneration, we're simply talking about being made alive. That's what it means to be regenerated. It means that something that was dead has been made alive. And God says that happened because of the spirit, not because of anything else. And then by renewal, what we mean is that constant changing, that constant growing, developing, kind of like when you renovate a house, it's being updated, being renewed. And again, That happens not by our own works, but it's all down to the spirit of God in you. It's the spirit of God that does all these things. You see, the spirit is not an accessory to put on and take off as you see fit. No, the spirit is the life and the blood that runs through your veins. Let me say that again. The Holy Spirit is not an accessory that you can just take off and just put on as you like, as you feel. This Holy Spirit is crucial. It's necessary to your life as a Christian. It's the lifeblood that runs through your veins. And so ultimately, the more closed to the Spirit we are, the more resistant we are to his work in us, then the slower we're going to see that change. But choosing to be open to the Spirit We're choosing to be welcome, welcoming to him. We welcome his presence and comfort, his power in our lives. And so the question is, are you desperate to see change in your life? Are you desperate for that? Are you sick of old ways? Are you sick of old responses when you get into arguments? Old ways, default positions that you fall back into. Are you sick of these old habits that you have, these addictions when you're on your own, the mess that we carry with us? The solution is clear. We just simply need to ask Jesus to come into our lives, to fill us, to change us by his spirit, to dwell in us richly by his spirit, to fill us up. You just need to ask him to come, to prune, to de-weed, to to burn up anything that shouldn't be there, anything that's causing you, people around you, and even your relationship with God harm. Ask him to come and to do that work in you. Let him be the energy in your body. Let him be the fuel that powers you, building you into the man or the woman of God that can truly reflect the character of Christ and bring glory to God. That's the Holy Spirit who is God himself, the spirit of Jesus in you. I'd love to just pray for you as we close. Father God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you that you have not left us on your own, but you have come and you dwell in us. You come and live inside every one of us, Lord. Help us to be so aware of that daily, that it is your spirit that is powering us. It is your spirit in which we can pray to you. It's a spirit in which we could hope to see any change in our life, Lord. And I just pray for every person watching, Lord. That we would not rely on old ways of trying to get things done, of trying to see change. But instead, Lord, we would choose to rely on your power in our lives. We would choose to rely on your strength, your guidance, your spirit to see us renovated, to see us renewed. God, help us, Lord, to rely on you. We love you and we thank you so much, God, that you love us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for watching.